Welcome to the Gathering Podcast, episode 16. The church has left the building. It's a phrase that Pastor Randall Reeves from Hope Church said to us during the recording of the podcast last week. And it's in this conversation with Pastor Randall and Wayne Parker discuss all the circumstances that had affected businesses, families, and church life in this global pandemic. It's very interesting to see the new strategies that are being implemented and how the Holy Spirit is about to bring revival to the whole wide world in the middle of this pain and tragedy that we're experiencing. But there is hope in the midst of tragedy because we believe this is a setup that God is giving us for a great revival that's going to turn the hearts of millions towards the Lord. So this is the conversation we have with Pastor Randall and Wayne Parker at the Gathering Podcast. I don't know if you listened to it, but there was a... Ed Stetzer released a podcast this week. Who did? Ed Stetzer. He's a writer, um, Christian writer for pastors and church leadership. He's written a lot of books and kind of a church futurist, but he's also a writer. Um, he did a podcast this week that was fascinating. Um, and he's not like a chicken little kind of guy, you know. Right. But he got on the podcast and he said, pastors, I want you to understand uh, what we just came through. He said, many of you have pivoted. You've gone online with your church services, and that's fantastic. He said, but that's not the crisis. The crisis isn't here yet. What you think is the crisis is not the crisis. The crisis is coming. Um, in the next week or two, you know, people are, it's just going to get very, very traumatic and bad. He had just met with uh, the Surgeon General, the United States Surgeon General, and he said in the next two weeks, things are going to get really bad. And, um, People are going to be hurting. People are going to be in need. Families are going to be devastated. Uh, he said, and that is our crisis that we face. And it, it was an eye-opener for me. I mean, it disturbed me, you know, to think, oh, man, we've scrambled, and yes, we've done great. We've, we've made the switch, and we're online, or, or we're doing great. A lot of folks are watching us online. It's wonderful. But that's not the crisis, you know. And it's like, oh, wait, what is the real crisis? And so it's all about people. Um, and how is the church going to respond to that? How is the church going to rise up? And so Ed Stetzer's stance was it's, it's, a, it's a time to be missional, uh, and it's really a time for the church to shine. It's not a, it's not a doomsday kind of thing. It's just an opportunity um, for the church to become missional and reach out and have a plan for those who are marginalized, the people who, you know, can't get to the grocery stores, can't get to food, can't whatever, make sure that they're taken care of. And uh, I don't know, you know, he's right. It's a great opportunity for us. And um, we're hoping to be able to respond to some of that. Wow. Now, what is, what is amazing to me is the... Uh, the transition to digital church. We've been following this guy, Ryan Wakefield, and he's got a thing called Church Marketing University. We were using that to gear up for our Easter thing, right? And it's all about leveraging social media to market your church. Well, when this happened and all of a sudden we couldn't meet for church, gosh, Ryan Wakefield became the center of the universe, for churches, because <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, the way that we can meet is digitally on social media platforms. And so, just as an example, um, you know, on Wednesday nights we do a, a class called Through the Bible, and um, I don't know, 15, 20 adults, something like that, typically show up. And every week we study a different book of the Bible, and we're working our way through the whole Bible. Just a survey kind of class. You know, 15, maybe 20 people. Last week, Becky and Aaron Johnston taught, but they did it from their living room on Facebook live. Right. 
and I think it's up to like 750 views so far. Yeah. And it's just like, what the, why, <laughs> why weren't we doing this all along? You know, it's crazy. Uh, Sundays, uh, Sunday's service that we did, um, I just looked, I think it's up to like 2,500 views. It's nuts. You know, it's crazy that you can have that kind of reach uh, just by going to a digital platform. It's amazing. Amazing. So, you know, it's been cool that what, what presented itself as disaster for church um, <laughs> actually turned out to be an incredible opportunity if you were ready to step into it, to lean into it and take on the challenge, it's a fantastic opportunity, you know? Um, and what, what kind of excites me to think about is, I mean, we were, uh, I think it was Sunday, we were getting ready to do our service at, at church, do it online, and Becky Johnston was there. And she leaned over to me and she said, do you think this would be a good time for us to get that tent up with the gathering? <laughs> I said, Becky, you know it will. Yeah. People are going to be hungry and anxious to meet, to be together, but also to hear a message of hope. I, I mean, the timing for the gathering is just, <laughs> yeah. it's uncanny. Uh, if, if I don't know what your plans are, but... Um, Boy, if that tent could be up whenever we're free to meet, man. As soon as this breaks. Man, oh man. It's what an incredible opportunity. But there's obviously a deep concern and awareness in our culture. Yeah. And worldwide even. Because you've been online for a good while now. Mm-hmm. So you're not just going digital. You've been right. streaming right. services and meetings, and all of a sudden you're up to all of these views, right? which has to indicate that there is a worldwide oh, yeah. uh, turning to hunger, searching. Uh, God seems to always come to the forefront when there's crisis. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. All of a sudden, uh, people are interested in God again. Yeah. Imagine that. Well, people need hope. They need answers. They need mm -hmm. some kind of confidence. Right. Uh, they, they want to feel secure. Mm -hmm. And these are all core components of the gospel. Right. It's not, it's not anchored in our circumstances or even in this realm is anchored in something far greater and and lasting yeah. something that is eternal right so there there is hope in that yeah yeah because we all have a sense that there is something other than this there's something beyond this right so the gospel brings clarity to that and brings hope to that Absolutely. even though we walk through what did the psalmist say the valley. valley of the shadow of death. So yeah. we'll fear no evil. That's right. So here we are in trying circumstances with all of the uncertainty, uh, growing fear and anxiety, uh, and yet there is hope that we will come through it, Yeah, that we will emerge stronger than we have been in the past. Mm-hmm hopefully changing some of our positioning and approaches to things and our thoughts. And uh, what, what do you feel like are some of the things that are going to change coming out of this? I think, first and foremost, it, it was a wake-up call for the church. Um, I'm wanting to get T-shirts for, for me and all of our staff that say the church has left the building. <laughs> <laughs> the church has left the building. <laughs> you know, for, for some time now, I have felt in my spirit, um, and I haven't really said this publicly, but I have just felt that, and it's not felt, but it's more of an observation, that the church's systems 
and the church's function in our American culture is just anemic, if not broken altogether. And we're stuck. We're slaves to mortgages. We're slaves to buildings. And this crisis with the coronavirus has taken all of that off the table. No more building, no more gatherings, and the gospel is flourishing stronger than ever. And it just makes you scratch your head and just go, wait a minute, we, this, Jesus never meant to us, for us to be a slave to a building or a mortgage or a bank. He, this, was, this, was, this is a movement, <laughs> you know, and we've turned it into something else. I don't know. Uh, not saying that the church is dead or irrelevant completely, but certainly um, it's been a huge wake-up call for me. I know personally as a pastor, but a lot of my pastor friends, I think the church in general, it's been a huge wake-up call to say, uh, you know, business as usual was just not getting it done. It just wasn't. The church was becoming more and more irrelevant. Now all of a sudden... Our message is incredibly relevant, you know, and people's ears are perked up because I think some folks are thinking, you know, hey, this may not be the end of the world, but it might be the end of my world. Yeah. And, it, you know, when you begin to think of mortality, you begin to think of the end of your life. You know, we all have a 100% chance of dying. <laughs> Yes, we do. 100% chance. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> and when you think about the end of your life and then ask the question, what's next? What comes after that? You know, it brings the whole concept of God and the afterlife. It brings it to the forefront. And I think that's what a lot of people are grappling with right now. Mm -hmm. What if I get sick? with this virus, and it takes me out. What then? Where am I going? You know? Um, and so, gosh, we know the answer to that. Yes, we do. You know? Um, we have thousands of years of history since Jesus was on the earth of uh, providing hope for humanity hope for all mankind that, yes, there is an afterlife. And um, Jesus, what was it that Jesus said? I am the way, yeah. the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. People want to say there's all these different ways to God, and there's just not. There's really one to the true God, one way, and it's through Jesus. Um and uh, I'm excited, man, more than ever. I'm excited to share the gospel. I mean, it's just burning inside of me to just say, hey, I've got the answer. I'm like the kid in the classroom with my hand up. Me, 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 me. I have the answer. And we do. We really do. One of the things that has stood out to me through this whole ordeal is how close this has actually brought the world together. Not, not just in America, here, but globally, there there seems to be less division and borders, less mudslinging, even among politicians. You right, see, right. even even Washington trying to work together to some degree, which is a miracle in and of itself. <laughs> so <laughs> it really you, uh, you you look at the diversity around us and when you're in the crisis you don't see the distinctions nearly as much right and you don't really care what religious bent a person has if you're a true believer in christ because god loves the muslims he he loves mm -hmm. the uh the unchurched mm -hmm. the unaffiliated those that don't believe in anything. Right. Uh, he is for all of us. He loves the different nations. He wants the best for all of mankind. Right. And as believers, we get out of this box we've been isolated in to where this is about us, to where all of a sudden we begin to see the world and humanity and realize we're, we're all in it together. Right. 
it rains on the just and the unjust alike. And, yeah. Yeah. and we all need God, and we need his love, his grace, his protection, his covering. And then the question you're talking about after this, uh, who cares what you have uh, believed in the past? You're facing death. You need Jesus, and Jesus is for you. He's not mad with you because you have been against him. Right. My goodness, we were all against him. Mm-hmm. We all sinned. We all uh, strayed away. So uh, we are not any of us any better than the others, and I think this is something that has also really stood out to me yeah. because there's no earning a free ticket or a pass through this. Mm-hmm. We're all in it together. We're all facing the same challenges. Our job is to bring the love and the grace of God. Absolutely. Where this world begins to see that mm-hmm. in a, uh, I'm going to use this term, a very raw fashion. Absolutely. Uh, just getting rid of all of the, like you said earlier, the church has left the building. We have none of this, none of the props, none of the artificial, none of the manufactured. Mm-hmm. It is all suddenly the raw, real, genuine gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. Um, a friend of mine put on Facebook the other day, um, pastor friend of mine, he said a, a lot of believers want first century power, but they're not willing to put up with the first century challenges. <laughs> wow. And all of a sudden, we are back to some of those first century challenges. Yes, we are. You know, and uh, boy, what an opportunity, what a time it is for the Spirit of the Lord to just move. And He is. He really is. It's crazy what's happening. I mean, the church is breaking out. Could you have ever imagined, just to name a couple of things, Disney World closing its gates? No, no. Wall Street, yeah. Uh, uh, news flashes of New York City that is vacant, no, mm-hmm. no people. Mm-hmm. I mean, can, can you imagine a world like that suddenly? And it just happens so quickly. It seems every day it changes, you know, and it, it really begins to feel surreal. Like, hey, is this really happening? You it's know? like, what what is going on? I mean, exactly, it's, it's, it's like the the movie Left Behind kind of thing. Yes, where you're you're looking around and all of a sudden this is real and yeah. the world is shutting down, and and yet, like you're saying, the church, the true church, is thriving because it is not about buildings. Exactly. It's not about all of the. Uh, all of the props and yeah. the right. glitter. Right. It's, it is about the cross. Yeah. And the cross has not lost its power. No. Not at all. Uh, it's truly amazing what is, what's going on. And, and uh, you know, absolutely alarming to see um, everything just seeming to come to a halt. Um, and... You know, at first, I I know when this first started going down, um, you have all these thoughts in your head like, oh, man, this is bogus. This is not real. Um, And then the further we've gotten into it, it's like, hey, this is very, very real. Um, I don't know if you read, but the last time this happened in America was in 1918. It was the Spanish influenza Mm -hmm. uh, killed 50 million people worldwide. 50 million. That's crazy. And it's just like, it was just like this. Everything shut down. Churches couldn't meet. Schools couldn't meet. Government couldn't meet. Everything stopped. What was happening, you, you know your church history very well, especially the outpouring of the 20th century. What was happening in the church in 1918? Wow. Wow. Have you thought about that? I haven't. I haven't put that I don't together. Know what, what was happening? What, what happened? It was like the outpouring of Pentecost was yeah. kind of re-emerging. Okay. It, it, it was a, a Pentecostal charismatic movement that was mm. really coming, being birthed again, almost. It was coming off of the heels of Azusa Street yeah. in California. Wow. 
Then you had great Pentecostal charismatic movements like the Assemblies of God that was 1916, or was it actually 18 at the birthing of that? Right, right in there. Right now, yeah. You you had several other organizations coming out of that Azusa Street revival, right in the middle of a crisis. Yeah. Worldwide. Wow. Which is where, and you think about go back to Azusa Street mm-hmm. with where they were meeting at. It was like a livery stable that had been converted into a meeting house. Pastor Seymour, and again, so so many parallels, an African-American pastor Mm -hmm. that the world worldwide came to California to see what was happening in this converted livery stable on Azusa Street because of the power of the Spirit of God that was moving without any trappings, without anything artificial, without any, any props, any manufactured yeah. kind of thing. It was just the, the raw presence of God. Hmm. On the heels of a global crisis. On the heels of a global crisis. Gee, <laughs> think my, of my. the implications <laughs> of that. That's crazy. What could be if just there around is a the corner. rhyme, someone said history might not repeat itself, but it always rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there is a rhyme to this. It's almost 100 years later also, right? Yes. Yeah. Literally. Almost right. Yes. Right. Right. A new century and new opportunities. And what is God about to do? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was walking down this morning and a friend from Nicaragua called me. He's a pastor missionary there. And he said, well, I was asking him questions about what was going on. And he said, well, you know, I was praying at the beginning of March before all this became all this mess. And he said in prayer, he he heard the word reset, like a restart, like you're working on your computer and then the computer st- gets stuck. And sometimes the only way to solve that problem is to it. unplug it, to reset or restart the computer. Right? Wow. And then he said that. And I was, are you serious? Because I was... I was um, ministering a group of people from Guatemala, my old prayer group where I used to teach the Bible back in the day. And while I was speaking to them, that's the word that came to my mind in Spanish. But then I said it to somebody else in, in, in Monday over the phone, say that this is just a reset. This is just a restart from that. And even on my way here, I was listening to the podcast, a couple of guys that were not even Christian. They are just... And one of them is an atheist. Say, well, this, Jesus, this is just a big restart, reset for the whole thing. So I truly believe that this is exactly that. We are just, and that's obviously is gonna, you know, obviously gonna open the doors for all these things that we're talking about revival. Because right now, more than ever, people are really the people that are ready to listen to the gospel. They are ready to get all the way in. You know, yeah, they're very hungry. Yeah, there's a lot of hunger, there's a lot of fear, obviously. And that's something I want to talk about tonight, especially about the fear factor mm-hmm. behind all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, how a Christian needs to be how a Christian needs to be dealing with this whole thing going on. I mean you 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 turn on the news, all you hear is, you know, doom and gloom. Yeah. And how we are supposed to go through this and like if Stetzer is right next couple of weeks is going to turn very ugly, mm-hmm. you know. So how are we supposed to go through this as Christians in the next weeks or months to go? The two things that keep coming back to me and, and into my spirit, out of my spirit, whichever, is um, no fear. Um, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And you know, the number one word used in the book of Revelation to describe the believer in Christ is the word overcomer. It says it over and over and over. I mean, mm. to, to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes, wow. to him who overcomes. And so the Lord, in his last message to the church, the Lord Jesus calls us overcomers. And by that, I, I just received, look, yeah, this, this is alarming. This is upsetting. I'm having to change. We're all having to change but it doesn't mean we're going to lose. We're overcomers. And if you're following Christ and he's with you, you're an overcomer. You know, there's no reason to freak out. So what if you die? 
big deal. I'll be with Jesus. Hallelujah. And my wife yeah. will be rich. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm just going to. That's gonna, comforting. That's comforting. <laughs> it's just literally graduating to the next place. You know, and with that kind of peace of mind deep down in your spirit, there's no reason to panic. There's no reason to fear. God is going to take care of us. You know, if he takes care of the birds of the field, uh, the birds of the air and the, the grass in the field, my goodness, how is he going to take care of us? He absolutely will, you know? Well, you know, I had to... Uh... We know these things, mm -hmm. obviously, and we need to hear them over and over, and we need to quote it over and over. I had Second Timothy one seven that you were quoting pulled up on the iPad here when you came in, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us that confidence, that faith in Him. But I think that we had lost our dependency to some degree. Yeah. Because you can't have genuine faith without true dependency. Right. They, they go hand in hand. And Absolutely. dependency has just been a phrase for us rather than a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Now we're moving into a crisis mode that that dependency is either real or it's not real. <laughs> right. And with us now, from a business perspective, there are a lot of challenges. We have... 74 families that's depended on right. our payroll for their livelihood. And that that is a struggle. So when this first started, I, I don't think that the first, I don't think there was a night the first week that I didn't see three o'clock in the morning on the clock. Wow. Um, up and down, tossing and turning. And I know this is, you can judge that. Well, you ought to have had faith. Well, uh, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Walk in my shoes yeah. and have come, at it. Come sit in my chair one day. If you, if you, the numbers, the the responsibility, the concerns, sure. and and thankfully I wasn't up just pacing the floor, but I was praying and and asking God. Yeah, we need miracles. We need favor. Mm -hmm. We need mm -hmm. help. We need grace. Uh, uh, I need something to settle my spirit yeah. because you, you're in that struggle with the flesh and the spirit with fear and faith and all those things that come to that intersection. And, and that was something for me to really work through. And finally, God began to give me peace. And then other things begin to happen in the natural realm that begin to show some light for us. Mm -hmm. But those first several days were very, very challenging for Absolutely. me. And then we're meeting with all of our people, all of the employees, and trying to encourage them in faith and, mm -hmm. and give them a word of encouragement for their families, and, and yet not, not lying to them and painting a picture that right. this is all going to be fine, because the fact of the matter is, it is not going to be fine. Right. It's going to hurt. Yeah. It's going to hurt a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You've got this big $2 trillion package coming down the line. That, that ought to tell you the severity of it. I mean, you don't, you don't get that kind of thing if the people in more of the no don't see real trouble. And that is not going to alleviate the problems. No. We are still going to face some catastrophes. There are, are people that are dying every day. That, for every individual family, is a, a terrible heartache. Right. There are, there, there are going to be financial problems that families are going to struggle with for a long time to come. So I think that, that we have come to a place that we realize there are going to be some losses. You're not, you're this, not going to, this will destroy people financially for the rest of their lives. Yes, there are people that are severely going to be hurt. I had to get to the place with God that if I were to be one of those numbers, how am I going to respond to that? 
Because remember that dependency and faith that run hand in hand, you can talk all you want about faith when everything is going well. And we can talk about, oh, we just depend on God as long as there's money in that bank account. Right. But whenever, whenever the money is gone, and the lifestyle is gone and the luxuries are gone and all the benefits that we have become so accustomed to Every, everything's gone but the bills that's right <laughs> then then you come you've got to come back to a place of all right is this faith real or not am i content to follow christ no matter what you you look at those that are going to lose loved ones in this crisis are they going to be content to continue to follow god and trust god even though their prayers for healing did not manifest the way they wanted to see it i mean this these are we really find out what is real when we're in crisis when we're in that struggle so i i I trust god and believe and certainly hope that he has me in a place that my mind and my spirit and my (laughs) confession (laughs) and my future are all lining up together. Uh, But you you don't know how you're going to respond until you're in that fire. So you you come back to God. I, I love you. I trust you. I believe you. I know you will carry me through. But who was it? Pray God help my unbelief. Right. right. <laughs> Lord help my unbelief. I believe, but please help my unbelief. And, you, you know, I said earlier that there are two things in my spirit. One is that we're overcomers and we're not supposed to panic or be afraid. The second thing that continues to just come to me is um, we are to use wisdom. Yes. In all this. Just because Good we don't, don't have fear and we're full of faith, that doesn't mean we're supposed to be stupid. Yeah. And do foolish things, yeah. Um, and I, I just so love and appreciate the leadership that is above me and around me because they are saying this very thing: use wisdom, making your critical decisions regarding church stuff. Just use the wisdom of the Lord. And man, I think it's so appropriate for like business stuff. Man, be smart. Um, what was it Jesus said? Be harmless as dove, but wise as serpents. And one translation says, as shrewd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As shrewd as serpents. So it's wisdom. And yeah. I think wisdom and is shrewdness the, and wisdom are parallel. Right. Wisdom in these days is paramount. It, it's key. Um, <clears throat> and I think with the right application of wisdom, of just being on our faces before the Lord and saying, God, speak to me. I need direction. I need, you know, we got all these decisions coming at us. And, um, I think when you ask for the wisdom like that, the Lord gives you wisdom and, in fact, can provide um, a strategy or a, a path or ideas that <laughs> what looks like tragedy can become incredible opportunity with the, you know, if the Lord he, he gives you those turn ideas. It around. He can turn it around. It's, it's just in an instant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some stores are folding and Walmart is exploding. Right, exactly. Charmin <laughs> tissue is exploding. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. We're we're in the process. Sandra and I are in the process of flipping this house, right? And it's really the first house that we have flipped to do a retail flip. Most of the houses we buy, we keep them. We fix them and we just keep them and rent them. This one we're selling. And I mean, we're at the final stage of getting this house done, and we're starting to freak out because all our chips are on the table. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're all in, and I um, well know that feeling. I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> take take what I'm doing and add several zeros to the end of it. That's probably what you're dealing with. But you know, it's just the timing. You're just like, Lord, what? What are you? What is going on here? You know, we're right at the end, and this thing's almost ready to go on the market, and the whole city shuts down. You know, yeah. 
But what's what's nuts about that, through this whole process, I have just I have trusted the Lord. I have not panicked. I have I have said in my spirit and I've said it out loud, I am walking in the favor of God. I am believing that this is not an accident, but it will be perfect timing. And sure enough, man, do you know, I didn't even finish the house yet. Our realtor showed it twice today. Oh, wow. He is saying stuff is selling like crazy. Wow. It's perfect timing. He said this house, as soon as I'm done, is going to be gone. Wow. And I'm like, (laughs) dear (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. You know? And it's just, I don't know, man, it's just declaring that you're walking in his favor, you're claiming that regardless of what the circumstance is saying, regardless of what the numbers are saying, just say, hey, I'm walking in God's favor. I'm claiming that. I, I, I love it. I had a dear friend in our church uh, years ago. He was, um, he was a builder, real estate developer. He, he built entire neighborhoods. <laughs> and he said, with the 2008 downturn, it, it just about took him out of business. And um, he had the funniest sayings, but one thing he would always say was, well, the bank is all over me. They're, they're wanting to take this. They're wanting to take that. But guess what? They can't eat me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> there are... There are people that are really going to suffer. Yeah. And there are others that are going to come through. Mm-hmm. I feel very confident that God is making a way for us personally and that we are going to come through. Mm-hmm. You have to be very conservative mm-hmm. wow. using wisdom, yeah. the way you are speaking to so well. Um, cash flow is a serious issue right now for everyone uh there has to be a good team in decision making that uh, we have a saying that the the information that we gather allows us poor decision making is not acceptable because it will put you out of business so we we use those uh, the rule of the three choices you get to make a good decision a better decision or the best decision and you can only make those different levels of decisions according to the information and the research you've done mm. on the front end so we are trying to evaluate options and using objectivity in team settings to bounce ideas off and then seeking good counsel from people that hopefully are able to give a little better advice than what we would have on our own uh, from the financial industries, the accounting industry, and so forth. Uh, Just good, good gathering of information and staying settled and focused will help as much as anything we can do right now, I think, no matter if it's on a large or small or individual scale. I think we move too quickly, and we make too large of decisions in the middle of a crisis. I had a professor in college. What uh, is it? We make, we make permanent decisions in temporary situations. That, that, is, that is a very, very good word. Uh, this particular professor said to us uh, over and over and over, never make major decisions in the middle of a crisis that you do not absolutely have to because it's rare that you will make a good decision. So just settling down, working our way through it, I think will help a lot of us to be able to sustain through this. Right. Um, Certainly, that faith factor in trusting God and getting back, it has honestly helped me the last couple of weeks. I can see it in myself and feel it that there was a, and, and you could not have probably convinced me of it a month ago, but there was a drifting away from that dependency. Mm-hmm. Because we get in this mode of of just running and our routines, right. 
what we do. And we, we evidently, if you're doing anything that uh, is in a leadership capacity, you're pretty good at what you do. Right. Uh, whether that's pastoring or anything else, you're, yeah. uh, that's how you got to the leadership position. Mm-hmm. So you, you're fairly skilled at what you do, so you get in that mode of, of just running and doing in the way that we know. And before you know it, we have drifted out of that dependency mode. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get a wake-up call, as you said earlier, and this is wow. Mm-hmm. Well, where's what's God saying? Where's he at? Yeah. Well, yeah. why weren't you asking him that last month? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think I think that has a lot to do with where we are at as believers. And that's one of the things I want to see change in my personal life coming out of this, because our life and every resource we have, it all belongs to the Lord. Anyway, we only have what he has entrusted to us. But we alienate him from his own goods, so to speak. Yeah. So I would like to see in my life personally, coming out of this with a greater sense, awareness of dependency upon God, his power, his miracles, his favor, his grace, his presence, because all that we have is worthless apart from his presence. Our church buildings, as you've talked about this evening, what what good are empty buildings or full buildings with people but void of God's presence? What, what good are all the trappings and all of the giving and all the things if we've lost the power of his presence? And then for me, coming out of this successfully, mm-hmm. Will we still have a genuine heart of compassion for our fellow man around us that has not fared so well in this crisis? Will the church hoard its resources, or will we once again become mindful of those hurting around us that we would open our hearts of compassion and began to seek out ways of ministering to those needs. Mm -hmm. Because ministry, we were all taught at the core definition was simply find a need and meet it. Right. But we have become so inverted, it seems like, that we are no longer looking out around us at the harvest field that is ripe and ready and seeing where the needs are at that we should be stepping into. Right, yes. We should be engaging with. And there, there's no boundaries on that, whether that is church, whether that is business, whether that is individuals, families, neighborhoods, neighbors, schools, the marketplace. What, what are we doing about those things? Speak to us a little bit from your perspective of all of that. Well, it's it's just fascinating to me that the systems that the church <clears throat> has developed that are perfectly wonderful and they work and they reach people almost overnight, all of those systems are irrelevant. Yeah. A beautiful building with all these environments with the lights and the sound and the smoke and the you know the kids areas and you're not the, even allowed to go in them they're irrelevant <laughs> they're worth nothing yeah. overnight yeah. instantly that is unbelievable it's crazy and and what so what's so fascinating to me is uh, by using wisdom and, and leveraging the technology the the amazing gift of technology that we have, it's like God has given us a whole new set of systems to use that are way more powerful than the old systems that we work so hard to develop. And God is just going, no, you need to wake up and let's do this. Let's just create this movement, you know. And uh, yeah, the needs and the, the kids, um, there, there are a lot of, um, gosh, what is it they're calling them? There are a lot of uh, schools that are just basically feeding children. Um, running the buses to the bus stops. 
Yeah, yeah, just so kids can have food. And yeah. it's a delivering wonderful. breakfast and lunches. Absolutely. And it's a wonderful opportunity. I thought that was just fascinating. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like our food pantry has been operating um, a little differently. They've had to do basically curbside service, but it, phenomenal response. I mean, we've had a ton of people that we've been able to provide food for. Wow. You know, and I'm super proud of that. Um, of course, that's just something we do all the time. And I think there's a lot of ways, creative ways, that we can reach out and share the love of Jesus in very practical ways right now with people. Um, and it's simply a matter, I think it just comes right back to those basics, just what you said, find a need and fill it. Call somebody and say, are you okay? Do you need anything? I will bring it to you. I might get a $1,000 ticket for being outside of my house. <laughs> I might get one on the way home. If I do, I'm going to call you, Wayne. <laughs> I'm going to ask for a loan. <laughs> um, Just stop by CVS on your way. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my God. But these are exciting days. I know it's traumatic. Um and you know, and people are people are going to be hurt in all of this financially. Um, people are going to be affected. A lot of folks way beyond the finances. A lot of folks are going to get sick, yes, and be suffering. Um, and some are going to die. You know, and again, it makes us. It forces us. That's that's the word here. We are all being forced to examine our mortality. We're being forced to change. We had no choice. All of this stuff, me as a pastor, this was forced upon me. I did not enjoy the process. (laughs) 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 But we leaned into it as a team, you know, and it's paid off for us. It's great. But I think for us, for humanity, all over the world, as a whole, we are being forced to examine our our mortality. And, you know, I just feel like that I, I want to say this, Pastor Wayne, in this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast and, and you're wondering about your own mortality, what's going to yeah. happen at the end of your life, you know, you, the Bible teaches us that when you stop breathing and and... Breath leaves your lungs. That's not the end of your life. That's right. You are going to live on. This earth suit that you're walking around in is going to pass away one day, but you, the essence of who you are, is going to live on. Yeah. And the Bible is very clear. We're going to go one of two different places. Yeah. A lot of people want to confuse it and say, oh, no, we got all these options. No. Bible's very clear. You're going to go to one or two different places. You're either going to go to heaven and be yeah. with Jesus. To be absent from the body means to be present with the Lord. Um, and you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. And, um, you know, a lot of people make fun of that and they go, oh, I'm just going to go party with the devil. No, Mm-mm. no, there's going to be no party in hell. No, there's no such a highway to hell. Like ACDC. No, <laughs> no, it's going to be absolutely horrible. Matter of fact, the Bible describes it. Though. In fact, Jesus talked twice as much about hell than he did heaven. That's right. Wow. And he says there's going to be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. I mean, it's going yes. to be intense. It's going to be intense. It's going to be a place that nobody wants to go. Yeah. You know? And so if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking through some of these things, I I just want to challenge you to consider the options. You've got two. And the way to get to heaven is to accept, to receive, to simply take a step of faith and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. That's it. That's all it is. The Bible makes it clear to be saved, to receive Christ as your Savior, is simple. You just have to believe in your heart. You don't have to be perfect. You don't even have to go to church. You don't have to do any of those things. Just believe in your heart that God raised him on the third day, and he is the Son of God. 
That's it. Amen. Yeah. The second thing is to confess with your mouth your own sin. And all that means is to say, you know what, God? I've made some mistakes. I blew it, and I'm sorry. That's it. Yeah. That's the gospel. That is the gospel. And when you believe, the Bible says when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then that's it. You're saved. When you die, your soul is going to go to heaven and be in paradise with Jesus forever. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> Who wouldn't want that? So if, if, you've, if you want to receive him now, just pray this simple prayer with us. Yes. Wayne, lead us. Dear Jesus, we have sinned. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Cover me with your blood, Jesus. Wow. Wash me and cleanse me. Thank you, Lord. Set me free from the sin that has ruled me. Mm. I believe that you died in my place. And Lord, I believe that you rose from the grave mm -hmm. so that I could live with you. I surrender my heart mm -hmm. and my life to you. I thank you for saving me, for setting me free. And I trust you to keep me to take me home with you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Amen. How exciting. That's so awesome. Listen, if you just prayed oh, that wow. prayer for the first time, I want you to reach out to us. Wayne, yes. Tian, tell us. How, tell them how they could reach out to us. Uh, they can reach out to us at facebook.com, The Gathering Triad, or also they can reach us at our website, um, thegatheringnc.net.